You might want to say the Jesus prayer. Do you know the Jesus prayer? You breathe in and you say, and as you breathe out, you say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Then you breathe in again. Have mercy on me, a sinner. And then you kind of move to silence where you breathe it in, breathe it out. So I wanted to just take a few minutes and share with you um, about just just bring back a little report from Montreal. I did share kind of a minute or so on the Sunday we came back, but the Montreal National Gathering was a very consolation slash desolation time of my trip, um, of my summer, and if I was to share uh, consolation and desolation, I think Montreal's would certainly be one of those highlights. So Montreal's, uh, Sandra, have you been to Montreal? Yes. So it's an artistic city, isn't it? It's just amazing. It's so artistic that even Snoopy has a place. And I was thinking probably Wooly would like it too. Um, but Montreal is a city of t-shirts, and I love the t-shirts there. This is the Canadian triathlon. Running, being chased by a moose. Swimming, being chased by a shark or a, a, an orca. And a, a Climbing, being chased up a tree by a bear. So, uh, Canadian fast food. And then Canadian takeout. <laughs> and I showed Peter and Jess this the other day. The Canadian White House for all our American friends. Here you go. And I really loved, that's an igloo. Igloo, yeah. So um, I love this one. It's a T-shirt explaining the word A to all the foreigners, the English-speaking foreigners. <laughs> there you go, guys. We're going to explain this for you. A is a colloquialism, Canadian term for right or okay or please or maybe or thank you. How about it? Don't you? Um, it's often said after a statement or question, said with spirit and pride, even to Americans and other visitors. Why do Canadians say A? Eh? It's better than saying, huh? I like that. So Montreal is a city of architecture, and it was just God's wisdom that the, the, the Vineyard Canada picked Montreal. We, it was our first time ever in Quebec. Uh, as, a, as a vineyard uh, gathering. We have a church in Montreal, but we haven't had any gatherings there. And so for me, it was my first time I'd actually set foot in the province of Quebec other than being through the airports, Montreal. And I was just not prepared for the impact it had on me. As many of you know, my last name is Lagore. We were German-speaking uh, immigrants to uh, Ohio, uh, generations ago, and I could never figure out why with a name like Lagore, we were German-speaking immigrants. And then I began to study the history of the French Civil Wars, and I realized that there was one point in France's history when they were 50% Protestant. 
And, but it, there was a terrible religious war that broke out, and so the French Protestants known as Huguenots fled, as you know. They brought the, the, uh, the watch to Switzerland. They brought John Calvin to Switzerland. They, brought, uh, they went to all parts of Europe, uh, and so they were refugees. So probably my family, my, my roots, we fled to uh, Germany and learned to speak German. So by the time we immigrated to the U.S., we were German-speaking. There's a lot of Ligors in Ohio. If, if you look it up, there, it's, it's quite interesting. Still a lot of Ligors there. So this is in front of the Notre Dame. Montreal is amazing for architecture. As you know, I've spent a lot of time in Europe, seen a lot of architecture in Europe, and I actually cannot see anything that was superior to what I saw in Quebec. Obviously, it goes back as far as the 15th, 16th, 16th 17th centuries, but this is the Notre Dame, which is almost exact replica of what is in Paris. And this is inside. What amazed me about the arts in Montreal, that the religious art in Montreal, is you have tens of thousands of tourists who are coming through every day. And they're just getting the gospel. It's just unbelievable. I saw young, just thousands of young adults just, just going, oh, man, oh, my God, like, this is unbelievable. Just totally overwhelmed by the art. And it just showed me the power of the arts in, uh, in pro proclaiming the gospel. So this is the inside of, this, of Notre Dame. This is a look at the roof of it. And uh, we just took picture after picture that we don't have time for. But it's just portrayal one after another of the gospel. And... Uh, this is St. Joseph of Oratory. Does anybody know the significance of St. Joseph, Joseph's Oratory? This is on top of Mount Royal. It is the largest church in Canada. It seats 10,000 people. And it's famous because uh, many people like at Lourdes have been healed physically of diseases, and many come in faith, they climb the stairs like this, like this man is climbing, you see him there? He's climbing the stairs to, into, the, into the cathedral, and there are racks and racks of canes and crutches through, uh, through uh, St. Joseph's, so it really touched Kathleen, of course. Yeah. This was one of my highlights amongst many, but um, this was started by a frail, sick, uh, unskilled kind of little priest named Brother Andrew, or Andre, Andre. And um, apparently when I researched it, uh, when he belonged to, when he first came in as a novitiate, they considered him so frail and unskilled that they established him as the doorkeeper of the college, which is right across from this huge... Um, St. Joseph's Oratory. And so it was said of him that he was um, the doorkeeper. He did laundry. He ran errands. And that was his job. And then uh, it was said that he said, if I can get this quote right, my superiors showed me the door, and there I stayed for 40 years. But during that time, of course, you know how the Lord looks on the humble ones. And he started getting a huge heart for the outcasts, the marginalized, the poor. Started making many house calls. 
in Montreal and started a ministry to drug addicts. And the Lord started moving powerfully through him in terms of healing. And now I was one of hundreds that day that had the privilege of going there. I didn't go up on my knees, but I wanted to put my hand on the crutches because I have a passion for God to, you know, be manifest in our midst in healing. So I believe that there was maybe some transference of that, that um, kind of beautiful divine healing. And the people were from all over the world. Thank you, Rose. Amen to you. Um, they came, like, there was many people, multicultural, all over the world, and just crawling on their knees and believing. It was just, and, and from the bottom of the floor to the top of the dome, it's uh, something like 60 meters, which is about 180 feet. And we had the privilege of actually sitting in part of the mass and then hearing the pipe organ, a massive pipe organ, just shook you to the core. It was just fantastic for me. Thank you, sweetheart. So, so being in Montreal was really much a part of the conference as, as the conference itself. And when the conference started, we, were, uh, we had a ceremonial welcome by a Mohawk elder. Uh, and it was so powerful and so moving to have this Mohawk elder who, it, who's, on whose traditional territory Montreal is. We're actually only a few miles from Oka. Many of you have heard of Oka, that uh, uh, kind of flashpoint of the 1991. I think that changed so much of what's happening in Canada. And this guy was incredible. He, he opened our whole national vineyard gathering. He closed it at the end. And he led us in a blanket exercise in the middle of it, followed by a huge healing circle. And it was the first time. I've done the blanket exercise about five times now. I did it at Regent. It was hilarious at Regent because they were in the chapel. And uh, Terry LeBlanc and the guy from Calgary, and he's with uh, VST. What's his name? Uh, his name just slips in my mind. Another, he's a Cree, Cree First Nations. Ray Aldrich, yeah. They lit the sweetgrass in the chapel. And it was just, the whole Regent Chapel was just full of sweetgrass. And people were running out. It was just hilarious. But it was wonderful to go through this blanket ceremony again and be in a healing circle led by a First Nations elder. So amazing. And we could just pour out our pain and our white guilt and our anger and our... Because what the blanket exercise is, is it, it is an exercise using blankets that tells the story of Turtle Island, which is what? North America, yeah. Because it looks like a turtle. So the, the indigenous people used to call it Turtle Island. The hundred million people that lived here before any European settlers came. And... Um, it tells the story of history through their eyes. Most of us, until very recently, heard Canadian history through the colonial eyes, right? It's, but it's only part of the story. And so it was just beautiful to sit with First Nations and Europeans and people from other parts of the world in this massive healing circle. And they took as long as they needed. And um, I think we should do another blanket. We have done blanket exercise at our church it wasn't on a Sunday, but it was in an evening. And I, I think it'd be good to do it again. What I found was, I almost, you had an option to go, and I almost didn't go, but I, the Holy Spirit just said go. 
And I realize that every time I go, there's just another layer of healing and repentance and thinking again that happens for me. So it was really beautiful to have him. This, and the vineyard was really, I think, whoever planned it out, I think the Holy Spirit was so directing because they had different venues for the, so it was, uh, there was Evangel Assembly, which is a Pentecostal church in the middle of near St. Catherine Street, Montreal, just around the corner from the old Montreal Forum. And uh, uh, they had another venue called the Lighthouse, which was kind of cool. Uh, it was kind of like a youth hangout center on St. Catherine Street. They had another venue called St. Jack's, and it's J-A-X. And I, to this day, I don't know whether it's Catholic or, or Anglican, but it was this beautiful cathedral. And guys, Dean, I don't know how we're going to do this. I want to do this. Do you see what they're doing? Look what they're doing. They're having worship. How are they, how are they worshiping? In the round. The band is in the middle. See that? And there's some, you know, some of this kind of stuff in the middle. So I, logistically, I was going to try to do it at camp. And then I thought, nah, Dean's got too much of a burden already. We'll, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I want to do some worship that way, where we actually do it in the round. And, and there was something so powerful. Because that, that's very First Nations, of course, isn't it? To, to worship that way as well. But not just First Nations. Cultures around the world value the circle. Because it's egalitarian. It puts us all on the same level at the table before God. Uh, so I was, and that's why I first heard that song we sang this morning. Um, I'm waiting. I just went through my heart all summer, that song. And of course, the vineyard's been through some pain this summer. And that song, it's amazing. It just exploded across the, comfort, the, the country as God's comfort to us in our pain. God's carrying us. This is the old Montreal Forum, which I watched growing up. And you're not going to believe this because the vineyard not only got St. Jack's and Evangel and the Lighthouse, but they got the Montreal Forum, the old Montreal Forum. And uh, the Montreal Forum, how many have been to International Village downtown in Vancouver? It's kind of like that now. They took this old hockey arena. They've moved now to what, the Rogers Center or something like that. But, not, but instead of destroying it, or they've turned it into this, this, there's a movie theater there, there's a sports bar, and all kinds of Canadians' memorabilia, and we call this the Wailing Wall, for all the Canucks fans. We just stood there and wailed. <laughs> you know what those are? Those are all Stanley Cup pennants that the Canadians have won. It was so painful. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Oh, no, that's another. Okay. All right. So uh, this is the sports bar where we had, we had a great time. The, the, they, gave, they offered a free drink to all the, all the vineyard people. They, they let us take over the whole. Uh, where else? Who else would have a national venue at the sports bar but the vineyard? But we did it. It was so fun. We had music. Oh, live music. So this is Marie Rhein. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but Marie Rhein Cathedral. But this is the exact image of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. It's exactly the same. And this lady, see the lady with the blonde hair kind of pointing? She's, one, she's the pastor with her husband of the Montreal Vineyard, Matt. 
is her name, Matt and Dean Downey. Can you pray for them? They moved from Ontario because of work about 20 years ago to Montreal. And they were kind of just ticked off about the fact they had to go to Montreal because of work for Dean's job. And they fell in love with Montreal. And they just love this city. And I fell in love with those guys. They just, just their heart. And they said, don't forget us. Don't forget us here in Montreal. Pray for the Montreal Vineyard. It's just a little fellowship, probably about half our size. But they're so sweet and just have such a heart for the city. And she took us on a walking tour. Uh, and I, I, I signed up for this one. This is the inside of, of Mariran. And one of the things I loved about the art is there's so much about compassion for the poor, for the marginalized, for the broken. Uh, and, and you feel that in the spirit of Montreal. You feel like this, there's just this eye for the poor and for the marginalized and the, the influence. And that's Mother Teresa in, in uh, Marie Rhein. And uh, this here, does anybody know what that is? That is in the middle of Montreal in the business center. It's a piece of the Berlin Wall. And it was donated by Berlin to Montreal. See if I can read it. It says, this action, okay, Berlin, 1961, 1989. This action of the wall is the blade of a knife that sliced a heart in two. This fragment of rock is the remains of a dungeon whose walls life tore asunder. This piece of debris is a triumph over terror and tyranny. This piece of concrete bears a message. The freedom of a people cannot be divided. With this donation, Berlin suits the, salutes the city of Montreal in the occasion of their 350th anniversary in the year 1992. And then last, I want to just show you. Does anybody know what this is? Uh, they're both. You know what's amazing? You're right. It's, it's, it's a cafe. But this used to be the Royal Bank headquarters for all of Canada. And they've, they've reno renewed it. Instead of tearing it down, they renewed it into a cafe at lunch hour where all the business people in living in the downtown area come and they have lunch there. And I saw that and I, I just kind of wanted to leave, leave that picture up for you because I feel there's something the Lord wants to say to us through that picture. Because I saw, it, I saw this in Montreal, this love for history, but yet recognizing that we're living in a new time, a new day. And so embracing the new without rejecting the old. There, there was this beautiful keeping of the memory and I saw that with the forum, the Montreal forum. Our hotel was right around the corner. When I, I saw the sign, I said, that's not the forum, is it? Is it the forum? It's just a little ordinary sign, the forum. It was the forum. I mean, I just, I just kind of, you know, I, I mean, it was just so amazing for me. But the, they, had, they had kept, it's like the spirit of the original building was there. But they were embracing the new as well. And and you see this with this Royal Bank, just a beautiful lunch place downtown. And uh, I just feel it's a message for us that we're to, we're to not forget the past. We're to hold on to the past. But we're also embracing the new realities that we're in and moving forward. 
So, there you go. That's Montreal. So, we only have about five minutes till communion. <laughs> so, so, we're not going to do a full Lectio today. But what I'd like to do is, I'd like to do a partial Lectio, if that's okay. And if you, if you could, just uh, kind of move around so that you're, you're or in circles around your tables, if you could just do that. Just meditate a little bit on this, this passage that we're going to... This is from the lectionary. So, <clears throat> I, a proper lectionary in my heart takes... Probably of like a full sermon. I really think it, it requires a full sermon time. And obviously we don't have that time this morning. But what I'd like to do is, is to just invite us to engage the scriptures preparing for communion. And I, I found that I, was, I felt an aversion to the scripture because it is in the lectionary. It's the gospel. And I wanted to just cheat and pick another passage. Yeah, does that ever happen to some of you? Where you kind of go, I don't know about that one. But you know, it's all the gospel. And so if you feel aversion, you know what I mean by aversion? You feel resistance. You feel like reaction rather than something warm and comfy. It's, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a reaction. That's okay. Pay attention to that. Just embrace that as part of what's happening in you right now. And... Uh, so if you haven't done so, light your candle, sit comfortably alert with your eyes closed, and then again, take a few deep breaths right now, and begin to breathe normally again after you've done so. So just be aware again of where you are, you're at. Open your heart to Jesus being with you right now. Just let go of the past and the future and just come into the present. Just be here. And notice what's emerging in you, either positive or negative. And if there's nothing, that's fine. And as I read this passage, I'm going to read it kind of in electio tempo. I want you to listen as the passage is read, for a word or a phrase or image that attracts you as you listen, that gets your attention. And I'm going to cheat a little bit and say if there's an aversion that happens as well. Be aware, pay attention to that. Let it enter your heart by repeating it over and over to yourself, softly and lovingly during the silence. So I'm going to read and then we'll give some time for more silence. And then I'll invite you to speak out just around the, the, the room. The word or the phrase without elaborating on it, just what caught your attention. So a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of, of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit 
came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. So I'm just going to invite you to speak out a word or phrase that captured your attention, again without elaborating, just so we can all hear you. So as we read it again, just ask, how is my life touched by what is given? How does this resonate with what's going on in me? And again, I'll read. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone.
What does the word or phrase or image evoke in me? What part of me resonates with the word that is given? Allow the connection to rise naturally in your being. Sit with that impression during the silence. So finally, what is God's invitation to us? Is there an invitation here for me today? Given the connection that is emerging between the word and your life, what might God be wanting to do for you? What invitation, reassurance, encouragement, or clarification might God be offering in this moment? Ponder what rises during the silence following the reading and trust what comes. Kathleen, could you come and just read this last reading? Mark 7. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. So given the connection that is emerging between the word and your life, what might God be wanting to do for you? What's the invitation for you today as we prepare for communion? What is he offering? What clarification? What encouragement? What reinsurance? So ponder what arises during this silence and trust what comes.
I'm really sorry that we're going to have to abbreviate this because we're running be a bit behind. But what I'd like you to do is just go around your table and just share if you can really abbreviate what you sensed was God's invitation to you. And then when you're done, just pray for the person on your right. Again, briefly or just silently you can pray. And if you feel you want to pass, we give you total permission to do that because sometimes the Lord's just dealing with something that's so deep and intimate you feel like you can't share. But we will still honor and hold your sharing. So just take a few minutes to do that and uh, then we'll call our kids for communion together.